Ali, the Prophet's cousin, once said, Even if you're born Muslim, you still need to discover Islam. Let's all walk on this journey together with New Muslims Hub. Surely successful is the one who has purified himself and remembered the name of his Lord and prayed. Today, inshallah, we'll talk about the sins of the heart. From the book, The Beginning of Guidance by Imam Ghazali. He says, So if you wish to protect your outward limbs, you must purify your heart, for that is the inner part of consciousness of Allah. The heart is that morsel of the body, which if sound, the rest of the body by it is sound and whole. And if corrupt, the rest of the body by it is corrupt. So engage in rectifying it so that you may rectify all your limbs and faculties. Imam al-Ghazali here is further and further making a point of how important it is that our heart is sound and it is not corrupt. Because if our heart is not corrupt, inshallah, all our actions and deeds will not be corrupt. And he talks about three major sins of the heart. He says that these sins of the heart are both destructive in nature and constitute the roots of all other evil dispositions. So all other sins that we may do or we may act upon, the root causes of them are these three major sins. The first one is envy or al-hasad. The second one is ostination or al-riyah. And the third one is concite or al-rajah. And we will further talk about each one of them in detail in Chalwa. The first one is envy. And he says here that the envious person is the one who is pained when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the treasures of his bestows on one of his servants' wealth, knowledge or love in the hearts of people or any kind of fortune to the point where he or she wishes that Allah's favor should be taken away from that person. Even if this Favorite does not come back to him, but he does not want to see the, this person, another person, have these blessings. Oh Allah, may Allah protect us from this. And he is, this person, the envious person, is in continuous torment in this dunya. How? From there will never be a lack of those among his acquaintances, from the people around him on whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed blessings. All of the time, there are people around us who have blessings. So he continuously suffers punishment in this world, right to his death. How is he punished? Because he's never satisfied with what he has. He's never satisfied with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon him. He's always looking outward to the people and he's always envisioning them with the lack of this blessing. And he continues, as, as, as Imam al-Ghazali says, he continuously suffers punishment in this world, right to his death. And even, of course, greater punishment in the hereafter when he goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the second sin that Imam al-Ghazali talks about is ostentation. And that is a form of hidden shirk. What does shirk mean? It means ascribing patterns to Allah. So he says that this is a hidden form of it. So what is ostentation? Ostentation is to seek a place in the hearts of people by which you may attain fame and veneration. This is what destroys most people, for nothing destroys people except people themselves. This is such a powerful reflection. This is a person 
who does a good deed solely for the reason that the person in front of them says he did this, oh, he must be a true believer. He must be a good person. He does not do that because he loves Allah, because he wants the reward, because he wants to help people out of good. No, he wants somebody else to seize him while doing this good deed and says, oh, this person is so and so and so. There is a powerful hadith that talks about this specifically. And of course, the motive, the ostentation motive renders any act of his to be of no worth, of course, because he does not do it with a good intention. He's not doing it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And again, the hadith is, I'll, I'll say it, it's a, it's a long one, but just reflect upon each part of it. On the authority of Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, who said, I heard the messenger of Allah sallallahu say what? The first of people against whom judgment will be pronounced on the day of resurrection will be a man who died a martyr. So everyone thinks that he is a martyr. He will be brought and Allah will make known to him his favors and he will recognize them. And the Almighty will say, and what did you do about them? He will say, I fought for you until I died a martyr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, you've lied. You did but fight that it might be said of you, he's courageous. And so it was said. Then he will be ordered to be dragged along on his face until he is cast into hellfire. Another person will be a man who has studied religious knowledge and has taught it and who used to recite the Quran. He will be brought and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make known to him his favors and he will recognize them. The Almighty will say, and what did you do about them? The person will say, I studied religious knowledge and I taught it and I recited the Quran for your sake. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, you've lied. You did but study religious knowledge that it might be said of you, he's learned and you recited the Quran that it might be said of you, he is a reciter. And so it was said, then he will be ordered to be dragged along on his face until he's cast into hellfire. And the third person will be a man whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had made rich and to whom he had given all kinds of wealth. This person will be brought and Allah will make known to him his favors and he will recognize them. Then the Almighty subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, and what did you do about them? The person will say, I left no path in which you like money to be spent without spending in it for your sake. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, you've lied. You did but do so that it might be said of you, he is open-handed. And so it was said. Then he will be ordered to be dragged along on his face until he is cast into hellfire. This hadith is found in Muslim and found in Tirmidhi and then found in An-Nasai. So this powerful hadith gives us a picture on the day of judgment. And Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu tells us what will Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala a conversation between Allah and three of his servants. And the three of his servants, one who died a martyr, one who has a religious knowledge, and one who has wealth and spent it all on for the sake of Allah from our perspective. But Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala knows everything and knows that these three examples did not do so because of the intent of that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala accept these deeds. No, as Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala says, you wanted people to say, so people said that. You wanted people to say that you are a martyr, people said that you are a martyr. You wanted people to say that you are a reciter, people said so. But it was not for the sake of Allah. It was not for the sake of being closer to Allah. It was only for what? For people to say so and so. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from this sin and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all our deeds free of any ostentation, Ya Rabbil Alam. Then Imam al-Ghazali talks about the third sin, which is concite, arrogance and pride. And he says, this person, when this servant looks at himself with the eye of honor and self-glorification, while looking at others with the eye of lowliness and disdain, and without, he has no proof for that, but he thinks that he is of a higher rank than all the people around him. He glorifies himself and looks around at the people around him, his acquaintances, the people he sees every day, and he, he sees them at a lower rank than himself. And this is like Iblis, like Shaitan, like the devil. When he said, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, I am better than him. You created me from fire and you created him from clay. Who told Iblis that fire is better than clay or clay is better than fire? Who told him so? So why did Iblis think that he's better than him? It's concise, it's arrogance. It's the root cause of all evils. And it's the reason why Iblis is Iblis right now, is the devil right now. And this person, the arrogant person, when he's warned, he rejects the advice instantaneously. Yet, when he warns others, he does it aggressively. And he's very aggressive and he has no wisdom when he's enjoying good and when he is giving advice. So this is another sign of an arrogant person. And Imam al-Ghazali tells us what we should do. What we should do, we should not look at any other person without seeing that he or she is better than us. That his or hers merits surpasses. And how is that? He says, if you see a child, you should say to yourself, this child has not transgressed against Allah. And I have, so certainly, he is better than me, the child. And if you see an older person, say, this person is better than me. He has been worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala longer than I have. And if you see a knowledgeable person, say, this person has been given what I have not been given and has reached in rank what I have not reached. And he knows what I am ignorant of. So how could I be like him? And if you see an ignorant person, say, this person has transgressed against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. While I have done so knowingly, he did it while he was ignorant, but I transgressed Allah when I, I knew that I was transgressing. So Allah's evidence against him is greater. And what do I know against me, I'm sorry, is greater. So Allah's evidence against me is greater because when I transgressed, I did so knowingly. And what do I know about what my final state at death will be? and what his final state will be. How can I know what will be the end of this ignorant person and what will be the end of me? And finally, if you see a disbeliever, say, I don't know, maybe he will become a Muslim and his life will be sealed with the best of deeds. And for his Islam, he will emerge free of sin as a strand of hair is gently removed from dough. As for me, Allah could cause me to go astray so that I become of the disbelievers and my life could be sealed with the worst of deeds. So tomorrow this person might be of the ones drawn near to Allah and I could be of the ones who are distant ones from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine if you go about your day, if your life, and this is how you think. If you see any person, any kind of person, you always give them an excuse and you see no point at, be, at seeing yourself at a higher rank. And then are we certain of our final state? So arrogance will not be removed from our hearts until we realize that 
This depends only on our final state, which is uncertain. Because of this uncertainty, our fear of a bad end should preoccupy us and keep us from being arrogant towards Allah's servants. The fact that we are certain that there is no possibility that we will not change in the future, that our faith will not change, this is indeed arrogance. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the changer of hearts. He guides whom he wills and leaves to astray whom he wills. So if we just pondered upon the fact that our final state is uncertain, this will give us enough reason to never be arrogant or prideful or concise or have concise in our hearts. And then we summarize the three sins of heart and say, what is my main priority in seeking knowledge? And Imam al-Ghazali here talks about if all of us, while we seek knowledge, ask ourselves this question, what is my main priority in seeking knowledge, religious knowledge, or knowing more about our deen, our Islam? Because if we realize that the greatest cause of these evils to be rooted in our hearts, if we seek sacred knowledge just for the sole purpose of people talking about us, that we have this knowledge. So we must consider whether our main priority is to learn how to guard ourselves against these destructive sins, occupying ourselves with rectifying our hearts and building for our afterlife, or to take part in foolish conversation with people, with people who like to do so, to talk about other people, and to seek the type of knowledge that will increase you in arrogance, in ostentation, in envy, in conceit, until you, along with these other people, are destroyed. So always think about the main priority in seeking knowledge. Are you seeking knowledge to rectify and guard your heart? Or are you seeking it to just talk about it and talk about it with other people and people see that you know about this knowledge? And No, this is not, this is not the, the reason we seek knowledge. We seek knowledge to guard ourselves from these sins and to occupy ourselves with rectifying our own hearts and building for our afterlife. And Imam al-Ghazali, final words in this chapter, he gives a very beautiful example. He says that this world is the field we may cultivate for the afterlife. Okay, so imagine a field and you are cultivating it for your afterlife. So whoever takes of this world only as much as he needs to help him towards his afterlife, it is his cultivated field. This field becomes a cultivated one if he takes only as he needs to help him towards the afterlife. But for whoever desires this world only to live in ease and comfort, it will be his ruination. If you're always seeking ease without putting what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from you, this field, this life will be your ruination. And this is the end of this chapter, The Three Sins of Heart. Thank you for listening to New Muslims Hub. Any benefit you heard was solely from Allah's blessings, and any error was definitely ours. May Allah accept every moment we all spend in our journey to discover Islam. Music